can you just lift up your right hand and in a minute pray in the spirit you just want to pray in tongues if you can if you don't speak in tongues just thank god and acknowledge the presence of the holy ghost in the house tonight thank you jesus we bless you lord your awesome presence tonight means a lot to us spirit of god thank you jesus thank you jesus just open your mouth and thank him i do not take his presence for granted at all thank you jesus holy spirit we are grateful holy spirit we are grateful holy spirit we are grateful we love you, Lord. We love you. We love you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Prepare us, prepare us, prepare us tonight. Prepare our hearts, O oh God. Prepare our hearts, O oh God, to receive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just continue to acknowledge His presence tonight. Just acknowledge His presence tonight. We are here because of Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you just lift up your hands for some few minutes? Just lift up our hands and worship. Magic, 
that we will not be there the same as we came. Daddy, I believe and I know that those who need healing will be healed tonight. Those who have prayer requests will have their prayers answered tonight. We ask for mercy, O oh God, to fill this house. At the end of the day, Father, we vow to give you all the glory. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, and all said amen. You may take your seat. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Praise God. Thank you very much for inviting me once again. It's good to be back home. Whether you like it or not, this is my home. And, so, <laughs> and uh, I'm excited to be here. I was telling Rev the other day that Unknown to him, I've become a member of CFCC. And uh, my membership is with Kaswa Branch. Because Dr. Sampong can pull me any day, any time, and I don't have to say anything. And he can just tell me, you are on for what, seven days. And I have to say, yes, sir. And because of the relationship and love, I normally tell my team, I said, driving from Tema to, um, to Kaswa, but for relationship, I'm coming you. <laughs> but I love you very much and I value the relationship so much God bless you but tonight I just want to speak to you um, when I got the topic I, I was like um, hey, this topic is heavy <laughs> very heavy and it took me several days and thank God it came at a time when the Lord had asked me to enter into a very long time period of fasting and prayer. And so I said, well, this is a time to really dig deep into prayer to get a message on this theme. And it, it, it didn't come easy. It didn't come easy at all. It, it's a very heavy topic. <laughs> but I believe that God will speak to us. Amen. 
I was given a, a leeway a bit to speak out of my bowels, but I'm not used to that. I was telling the Lord, whenever a, a topic is given, um, you gave it and there is a reason. And so you have to speak to us tonight. Um, I'm not going to speak directly to the topic, but also not so different. Uh, um, not, will not deviate so much away from the topic. Um, a truthful heart towards God. Is that it? Did I get it right? Praise God. A truthful heart towards God. But as I was preparing, and I'm sure tomorrow will shift a bit closer along those lines, but I want to talk tonight about a heart for God. It's not far away, is it? A heart for God. Amen. The story is told of a choir master or a music director who who died and went to heaven and pleaded with the Lord on a Sunday that he wanted to see how the choir was doing. You can help me a bit. You can help me a bit. And so the Lord gave him the permission to see. And the choir was singing. And, but he could not hear two important people. You know, um, important in the sense that they were uh, more of lead singers. Great voice, production, you know, all the, the, the techniques and the skills in music, they had them. And so he knew that if anything at all, as for these two, I mean, they will sing the song and do it well. But over there, he was not hearing their voices. And so he asked the Lord, but how come these are the two main uh, people in the choir? In fact, if they don't sing, I mean, the choir flops. But I'm not hearing them sing. And then the Lord said something to them. He said, They are singing on earth, alright. But their voices are not reaching up to heaven because it is not from their hearts. And they are singing, you know, sort of a showmanship to please the congregation, to receive applause of the church. You did well, you sang well. All the accolades. But here, it does not reach here because it is not coming from their heart. Is that a message? I can close my Bible now and go and sit down. <laughs> Beloved, I decided to start with this story to let us understand what pleases God so much in our relationship with Him. What He desires or requires of us so much. A heart for God. Tonight I came to provoke you. The whole day I spent the latter part of the preparation of the message in tears. Tears. Because the, the Holy Spirit was reminding me of certain things. And after the, the message, we are going to pray because at a certain stage of my life, I will say that God granted me with a heart for him. To love him. To put him first above everything else. That is Jesus and Jesus alone. Nothing else matters. As an end time preacher, I will never say anything without bringing in a bit of end times. Am I allowed? <laughs> Beloved, we live in a generation, an era... Where the heart of men, including believers, 
will be gradually drawn away from the things of God. And that is part of the schemes and the strategies of the devil. Gradually. I have a daughter who became born again uh, through one of our radio broadcasts last year and gave her life to Christ and is one year in the Lord and has won about 15 souls for Christ and is so much on fire. But I pray to God for one thing that God let this fire not die out because I've seen it before. The love and the passion, the heart we had for God years ago when we became born again. And over the years, Remember, I've said it here before. I said that when we're in St. Augustine's College, we will walk from town during, you know, um, um, uh, exit three times from school to town just to go and, and witness and walk back excited. There were times I could easily preach in the church, but now I can't. And I've been asking God for mercy. And so many things will happen that will take our hearts away from God. Economic, entertainment, certain aspects of religion. Now I hear there's something called Kunkumbagia What? I have forbidden everybody in my house. You don't watch that. So when it's time, I make sure I switch on to something else. So they don't get addicted. How many of you understand that language? And there are other, other things. Right? It will amaze you that somebody did not come to church today because of a certain soap opera or a certain program on TV. Prophesying, I came to provoke you that when you go home, everything that has become an idol in your life that is taking even an area of the love and affection and the attention you have for God will be restored because we are living in dangerous times. If there is any day, any time that God deserves your full attention, it is now that we know nothing else. By the things of God. And we do them out of a pure heart, a truthful heart, but not showmanship. Some years ago, I had an interest. I was provoked by why and how God will single out certain people throughout Scripture of old, even in contemporary times and be so close to them. I mean literally single them out and favor them and walk with them. And so I began to find out and I began to study and I would take them. What was so special about Abraham? About David? About Catherine Coleman? What was so special? I began to buy Catherine Coleman's books to read. And I caught something. A heart for God. Not that they were, they were superhuman or sinless or super holy. David will tell you he wasn't. But he had a heart focused on nothing else but God. That is what God is looking for. Beloved, can you turn your Bibles quickly to Luke chapter 18? Luke chapter 18. 
we'll just read three scriptures, the rest we'll write them, and then I'll give you certain clues. From verse 18 to 28, I'll read quickly. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save one. That is God. Verse 20. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And so Jesus recounted all the qualities needed under the law to make it under the law. The Ten Commandments as it were. And in a sense, juxtaposing what was under the law to what he was about to reveal after his resurrection. Verse 21. And the man said, and he said, All these I have kept from my youth up. And I think that he qualified. All the do's, do's and don'ts. He qualified. Maybe identify with him as well. Do this, do that, do that. And then Jesus said, Yet lackest thou one thing. You lack one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Now, listen to the man's question initially. He said, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Then Jesus tells him, you lack something. Go and sell everything you have. What does that got to do with eternal life? Give it to the poor. Come and follow me. What's that going to give him eternal life? The Bible says that. <laughs> Verse 23. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful. For he was a very rich man. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they that heard it said, Who then can be saved? And he said, The things which are impossible with God, with, with men, are possible with God. Verse 28. Then Peter said, Lo, we have left all. Followed you. We have left everything. And we have come to follow you. Go and sell all that you have. And Jesus wasn't even lenient to say that, you know, just sell part of it. And then you can come. I'm sure if, if Christ had said, sell a portion of it, the man would have considered that. But not everything. A test of the heart of the man. I'm not asking you to go and sell all your possessions and come, and, come into full-time ministry. 
But how attached are you to other things apart from God and the things of God? You know. You do a self-introspection and self-assessment. Throughout this week, I always say, if you cannot let go any material thing for Christ, you are not there yet. It doesn't matter how many hours of tongues you pray. If something material, no matter how expensive it is on this earth, means so much to you than the things of God or than God, then you are not there yet. God is looking for the man or the woman who can say that take anything you want. All I need is you. A heart for God. I went to preach in a certain church. And I've been there a couple of times. And I realized that any time, whenever it is time for the offering, somebody has to come and motivate the people to give. All the time. Open to a scripture. And explain to them why they must give. A big church. And I felt so sad. I hope we don't do it here. <laughs> if at this stage of your maturity. We had to give a scripture to tell you why you had to give a good offering to God. What means so much to him. The condition of your heart matters to God more than the services you render to him. Okay. I, you know what? When we get to heaven, there will be a lot of surprises. Are you with me? Because you will find certain people you did not expect in the church. Occupying certain positions. And you also find certain people you expect to occupy certain positions, occupying very low positions. Because you see, we are used to assessing people's spirituality and contribution to God, the things of God, by what we see, not so, what we hear, and so on. But that's not how God looks. Your heart. the parable of the widow who gave his mind, the Lord said, even though what he had, she had given was small compared to what the others had given, but the heart with which she gave made it more valuable than the, the, the millions or the thousands others had given. I am praying, I, as much as we are preparing for the communion, but I see this rev, as a revival in our heart. The two days on the, from Sunday, our attitude towards God, our relationship with Him, the services we render will come from our heart passionately. Amen. This weekend, we, my team and I, visited a, a certain rehab as part of our outreach. And I was talking to the young man who was, uh, who is a man who owns the rehab. Let me put it that way. And I was asking myself, 
why will this gentleman he, I met him some years back, I think two years ago he used to work with Hope Rehab, I don't know if you've heard about Hope Rehab and, and he's moved you know, to start his own why will this young man do this give all his time and I'll explain something all his time to these people why did I ask that question because that young man is a son of one of the millionaires or the billionaires in Ghana I will not mention his name and could be you know a big man or a boss in, in his father's company any day or could be abroad somewhere <laughs> but was giving his services to drug addicts has rented a, a, a house and taking them through rehab with a couple of others why will a man do that neglect all the riches that his father has all the opportunities that his father can give him and do this if he doesn't have a heart for God Because it's free. He doesn't charge anything. He were charging something. You could say that, well, maybe he's anything. He doesn't charge anything. Beloved, God is looking for certain people in these end times. He's looking for certain people. People whose heart has centered completely, 100% on Him. Other things do not matter. Other things are secondary. When they come, they come, they're bonus. But it's gold. When we have to go, let's go. When we have to give, let's give. When we have to do, let's do. Once it is about God, let it be done. He's looking for people like that. Matthew chapter 13. Thank you, Jesus. I have for you, God. Verse 44. Forty-four to forty-six. Jesus speaking again. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man had found, he hid it, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one, one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it. Of how much value is God to you and the things of God to you? Peter said, we have left everything and we have come to follow you. You can read Mark chapter 10, verse 28 to the verse 30. 
Okay, Peter was a fisherman. Let me prove something to you. Yes, he was. Even now, mommy will tell you, if you go to my hometown, Pam, if you own one canoe, you are a rich person. I don't know if it's changed, but if you have one canoe, you are not poor at all. And they had servants. They had servants. So they had a profession, a good home. He was married. Everything will be followed you. Look at someone like Matthew, the director of customs or internal revenue, whichever you want to give him. With all the bribes, <laughs> all the money. My message to you is simple. What have you forsaken for the sake of God? Or what are you willing to let go for Jesus? What are you holding on that is impeding a smooth relationship with God? Because see, he's beckoning, he's calling you, let go and come. I want to have this intimacy with you. When I came into full-time ministry, I realized one thing. In a matter of three years, God destroyed all the pillars of support around me. And I had no one to lean on. And I had to learn to depend on Him and lean on Him. With hindsight, I thank Him that He did that. Everything. In fact, at a point in time, it got so difficult. I said, God, part-time. You won't believe it. As qualified as I am, not even one responded, we have received your call. Not one. <laughs> but I thank God that he did that. He locked everything, blocked everything. Family members that I could lean on for strange reasons, cut them off. I was alone. Listen. Whenever we hear that the church is about to go for missions, it's a good time to give. I'm not here to talk about that. I'm not good at talking about giving. But my message is, your value or the value you place on God or the things on go- of God will go a long way to the See, the passion you have for Him is reciprocal. Will determine the passion that He has for you as well. So if you think that God singles out some people for special affection, you are not wrong. But find out why. If you go deep into it, realize that these are people with a heart for God. I have told him, if I have given you my whole life, I don't know what else I cannot give you. Just say it. If you like, don't even say, take it. And he knows that I love him with my life. I, I love him with my life. To the point of death. If I have to 
serving God, I will do so gladly. And he knows my heart. If somebody comes to me and say, renounce Jesus or you die, I say, don't waste your time. Do it quickly. <laughs> How many of us will think twice? Hey, you've seen the machete shine. What's one? Renounce Jesus or you just saw your friend being slaughtered and it's your turn. Jesus, you are the look of fear. You will reconcile. Let me just never. Ever. And we are getting there. It may not even be that. Every day of our lives, our affection, the heart we have for God and the things of God is tested. Every day at work, at home, in interactions with friends and family, all the time it is tested. If we have failed in times past, we'll pray a certain prayer, and I know that the Holy Spirit will turn our hearts towards Him. And you will go and kneel down in your room and say, Father, from tonight, I put you first before anything else. You can write this scripture, Luke chapter 12. Behind the clock somewhere here. Luke chapter 12. Now write this, but I'll read um, the latter part. Verse 12. Sorry, verse 16 to 35. But I'll read just the verse 30 to 35. When you go home, quick, kindly read from the 16 to 35, but I'll just read. Um, I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. I need no other argument. I need no other. Can you 
I need no I I don't know about you, but that is my prayer. I need no to God determines how much you value Him. And when we talk about the heart, we're not talking about the part that pumps blood, you know, the physical part that pumps blood. We are talking about the spiritual part of the being where our emotions and our desires dwell. The very center of our being. That's why in Proverbs 4.23, the Bible says we should guard our heart with all diligence for out of it are what? The issues of life. So it's very different from the body parts that, that pumps and circulates blood to other vessels. That is part of the, of the physical body. The heart that we are talking about is the core of the center of your being. That your very being is totally focused and given to God and the things of God. How do you know the nature of a person? The heart of the person tells you who, she, who he or she is. The Bible talks about God having a heart. In Jeremiah 3.15, he says, I will give you pastors after my heart. He's not talking about the fiscal, you know, the one that pumps the blood. No. First Samuel 2, verse 35 says, Priest who will do what his heart, or his heart's bidding, the heart of God. He told David, he's a man after my heart component of man, your very being, your very nature, is what we are talking about. That this person, you know that this person loves God. He or she has given of himself or herself completely or totally to God. Let me shock you. A person like that lacks nothing in this life. Hello, did you get that? Yeah. A person who has sacrificed, made that sacrificial offering, That's nothing. Beloved, what percentage of your heart is given to God? Even if you have one percent that you keep it for yourself, you haven't finished. When you have to take a decision for God, what comes into your mind you have to consider before taking that decision? Does anything come into your mind? Let me tell you the truth. And it's something that makes me not panic. If for any reason, and God forbid, he decides to even allow the enemy to take my family, I will still save him without taking anything away from our relationship. I was not saying If he gives it to me, if he doesn't give it to me, if he answers that prayer, if he doesn't answer that prayer, it will not change a thing. My heart, I pray, will be fixed and focused on him. 
what he's asking of us. That we should step into it completely, wholly, deeply. He has his arms stretched. Give me your heart. See what I will do with it. Beloved, we are born again, we are Christians, all right. But you bear with me that many of us, we haven't completely surrendered our hearts to Him yet. Not yet. I'll read the verse 30. For all these things, to, and when you go, please read uh, from verse 16. All these things do the nations of the world seek after. What are the things that Jesus was referring to? Everything material that indeed you need. We are not saying that you don't. You have to make ends meet. You have to, in quote, survive. Clothe yourself. House yourself and your children. A man must survive. And those of you who have lived abroad, especially in the UK... You have to survive so much that even Sunday you sacrifice it. Because man must survive. All the things we seek after. Let me give you, this is not a prophecy, but it's an end time signal. One of the things that the enemy will do to believers is to engage our time. And rightly so. We will be so busy from Sunday to month to Saturday, 24 hours, and legitimately so. And we need to be sensitive. So packed. You have a day so packed, a week so packed, that 30 minutes with God will be a problem. Write it down and watch what is about to unfold. That is why I said that if there is any time that God needs, or we, we, we have to prove to God that our heart is all about Him, it is now. It is the generation we are in. It is our time, our day. Hello? Am I speaking with somebody or I'm boring you? <laughs> and your father knoweth that you have need of these things. Verse 31. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. One of the, of the scriptures or quotations that have become a cliche is this one. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and write all other things will be added unto you. When it comes to the practical or practicalizing the scripture, forget it. We can quote it, but put it into practice. La like. Yeah. You get it. Is it not true? When you are confronted with seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness and seeking the other things, which one will you go for? If today they tell you that come to work on Sunday and will quadruple your salary, be honest to yourself. You have an excuse to tell Rev. Rev. And you know what the devil will do? will give you a list of the things that that money will do for the family. Woe unto you if you tell your wife that you will not go. 
You know the son of the referee who was given a bribe of 20 million? And the children had to pay their school fees and he said he didn't want to take it. And the wife pulled her head. <laughs> Women, hello. <laughs> and vice versa. And we are in those days. We are getting there. Can we get to the point we say, listen, my Sunday, I will never. If I have to sacrifice the job, I will go and pay the price. Are we ready to pay the price? We are about to take communion. We'll be taking communion. It costs a life. As often as you do it, you do it in remembrance of it. What do you remember? A life laid for you and I. Listen, as I speak, certain drops of prophecies will be coming through. And I want you to write it down. As we wait for the coming of the master, second return of Jesus. From now onwards, God at one point in time will call you to make a sacrifice for him. I don't know the form or the nature that sacrifice will will take. But when it comes, remember me today and do it. Remember and do it. Beloved, It's time to come back home. It's time to say that it's all about Jesus. He's the only one that matters. And we love him with a passion. We love him sincerely. So much that even in our worship, we have tears all over. It is, it is a relationship of love. Our relationship with God is a relationship of love. He gives. And we give to him in return. How does it feel when someone loves you sincerely and he doesn't get that same or even a bit of that affection in return? So it's not a one-way thing. It's a two-way affair. It's a two-way affair. Are we ending soon? Let me ask a question. How many of us truly love God? Can, can I see by your hand? I mean, no, I mean, you don't love God. How many of us? How many of us truly love God? Okay. Oh, as for Rev, don't raise your hand. I know. <laughs> How many of us truly love God? Okay, let me. Keep, oh, keep your hands. No, 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 no. Keep your hands up. How do you know that you truly love Him? How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? You, you just, you know. Okay. If you have 10 Ghana cities and your wife asks for one Ghana city and you're not able to give, and then in the next minute, you say, sweetie, I love you. Will, will, will she believe you? Will she believe you? <laughs> so how do you value, or, sorry, measure the love that you raise your hand to demonstrate that you have for God? How do you demonstrate? How do you measure that love? 
Or how do you think God measures that heart you have for him? How does he do it? By the things you tell him? Let me tell you something. Whenever church service is going on, there are angels around, okay? Hello? Alright, the angels God assigns to every church to keep records. So when we get to heaven, CFCC will have a record. Um, um, headquarters, okay? Every, right. Now, every detail is recorded, including the offering you give and the heart with which you give that offering. Yeah. That is why, if the money you are going to give, on few now, you might as well keep it. Because, see, if you are giving gradually, God knows it's recorded. If you are giving willingly, excitedly, even if it's the last thing you have, that pleases God. Whatever you do, any service you render in the church, God is not so much so pleased with the service you're rendering per se, but the heart with which you render the service. When the musicians were singing, I was asking myself, do they really want to sing tonight? Hello, choir. <laughs> I said, well, maybe they are tired. The hearts with which you do anything for God. I will show you a few things. And you can write it down quickly. Having a heart for God. What does it mean? What should I do? Or what can I do? Let me break it down. I've broken it down to seven parts. One, you should have a heart to serve. A heart to serve. It's one sign. It doesn't matter. The other day I was telling the Kaswa branch, one thing I love about CFCC, hey, there are big men. The pastor's big man. But they are so humble. Down to earth. Am I right? So humble. No matter what you are asked to do, you are ready to serve. Not serving man, but you are serving God. Sure. Look at my nails. And she's asking me to go and usher and arrange seat. Opa, no usher, so now see. Wow. And when we start praying, that sister, kadabuta badeda. Oh, you are deceiving yourself, my sister. Forget it. <laughs> you know what? Apart from what God is preparing us towards the, the, the communion, He is also preparing us as candidates for heaven. So that when that trumpet sounds, we will not have surprises. Two, a heart for people. Oh, you have a heart to serve. You have a heart for people. You love people. It doesn't matter the class, their background. You don't discriminate. You just, you just, that is God's kind of heart. Number 
three, when someone has a heart for God, he's the person that have, has a heart to give. He's a giver. The person is always ready to serve. He or she loves people. He's a giver. not with hope. Once God says, Father, let it be done. Number four, he's that person who has a heart ready to sacrifice. It will cost him, but because it's about God, let it go. Let it be done. Let's do it. Let's go. Check scripture. People have laid down their lives for Jesus. In the Old Testament for God. Yeah. In, in, in our contemporary times, they paid the price with their lives for Christ. In my book, my, the one I launched here, I called a, um, um, a story about Hudson Taylor. I don't know if you've read that portion. And his mission to China and the price he had to pay. Hey, people have paid price. If I look at our day, I said we are enjoying the fruits of certain people's labor. Honeymoon Christianity. Oh, yes. The honeymoon Christianity. Honeymoon Christianity. I mean, those who became born again years back in the 80s, 70s, they would tell us that during their time, Rev, it was not like that. It wasn't that easy like that. I had a friend who would come and wake me up in Augustus to go and pray. And hey, no matter what you say, he's not gone until you wake up. Or the Surugudu. Or bro. Hey, he will do you will wake up by force and go and pray. Oh, I just came from pre- I, I'm tired. I have to rest. Ah no. And you know what he will do? He'll start quoting scriptures. <laughs> Hello, I see. Do you know what the Bible says? Oh, you will get up. You will get up. <laughs> The SU discipline. Who on to you go for SU meetings, the SU guys, and, and you can't quote a scripture. But these days, honeymoon Christianity, we no price. God is about to test our love for Him, our heart for Him. May we not be found wanting. I want God to be able to say, as for my daughter Ajuna or my son Kabna, I have tested him, I have tested her. Her heart. You know what? <laughs> if you are that person, there are things you don't pray for. God protects you and your family without a prayer of, uh, I, what the guy says, Bele, eh? kill my enemies. He gives his beloved, what? Rest. Beloved. It's a love relationship. How many of us have fallen in love before? Oh. I'm about to bring my message here close. Just on five minutes. Haven't we? Okay, the first time we fell in love. Do we remember? First time. First time. My wife will tell you, I was writing notes all the time. 
calling. She said, hey, I didn't want to give at the point I was even afraid. Maybe I'm giving too much pressure. But it was genuine. Hey, I could feel something moving. I said, that's such a... <laughs> that is the kind of heart God wants from you. That relationship. My, beloved, I, I'm just praying that you begin to have that experience. You just wake up and, and, and I mean, you, you just love it. I love you, Father. I love you. Sincerely from your heart. And you start giving him raps. Oh, God likes that a lot. Eh? And start there burning some running them and raps. Oh, be some epe. How the man raps in the rear, but it should be sincere. Not a fake one. Nana Utrinka, Nana Nasobua. Nana Nimdes, it's a guy who should be in the man fans, you know, but, you know, but a sincere one. Let me tell you one secret and then I'll bring my message to a close. I'll finish. Red. I have come to realize that the times when I had majority of my supernatural like, encounters were times when I was just loving God. And I could be on the floor and literally cry tears. I mean, the place would be wet. Just say that I love you. I love you with my heart. And weep. And weep. And then, you've read it when the Holy Spirit visited my prayer room. That is what I was doing. I was crying because I said, God, me, you have found me, you've loved me. I love you too and love you all my life. And I cried and I cried. The prayer I prayed for the hours, all those hours, I never prayed anything. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And I'll be weeping. And then. So sometimes somebody asks me, What can I do to see Jesus? I, I really don't know. Just love him. <laughs> Just love him. Sincerely. Let your heart, give him your heart, truthfully, sincerely, and you have amazing visitations. Try it and see. You are not doing it because you want him to visit you. You are doing it, whether he visits or not. Which number, please? I said a heart that is uh, ready to sacrifice. A heart, the next one, a heart that sees God earnestly. Seeks God endlessly. He said that you will seek me and find me if you seek me with what? All your heart. All your heart. You seek God endlessly. You are studying the Bible and all your attention is, is focused on catching a revelation or hearing what the Lord will speak to you. Nothing, you know, takes your attention. You are praying, mobile phone off, television off, Radio off. Maybe you want to listen to a worship song. Whatever. Nothing. I had an experience. I shared. I don't know if Jesus is coming to the home. God calls. I was praying. And I had a visitor. And I, I, I got out from the prayer room. And went to attend to the visitor. And the Holy Ghost was grieved. That gesture. Yeah. A shift of love. <laughs> from God to my visitor. Ah, I should have asked them to tell him, wait and finish with my sweetheart. We talk fellowship. Here we are. 
And then I'll go and attend to. God wants us to put him first, beloved. He wants to be first in everything. He's a jealous God. He doesn't want to share your heart with anybody or anything. He wants it all. It's been difficult in the past, but the Holy Spirit is willing to help you tonight to give it all. How many of you want that? He will help you. He will help us. Once we are willing, that Father, take my heart. Let it be consecrated unto thee. Take my moments, take my days. Let them flow in what? Ceaseless praise. The next one, six, I think. A heart that puts God first at all times. God first. God first. God first. God first. God first. If the bus that takes you to work leaves at five, get up at four. No excuse not to have 30 minutes, even 30 minutes time with God. It's not fair. You can't sustain a relationship like that. And then finally, a heart willing to obey God at any cost and at all times. You're willing to obey God. At any cost, at all times. Jesus, help us. Not a divided heart, a heart for God. A heart for God. And I've come to understand that those who did that. Whether in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, even in our times who are dead and gone or alive, are singled out for special mention, special favor, special relationship, special grace, special everything. Special everything. Beloved, we're going to pray. And I see it more of a prayer. Of repentance that Father, other things have occupied our hearts, our lives. But enough is enough. We're coming back home. Take it all. Help us. I don't know who will join me to pray that prayer, but if somebody will sincerely pray that prayer, I'll willingly join you. And we'll pray together, Lord, we surrender our house to you. Our work has taken most of our time, a part of our time, our children, the family, our business, entertainment. It's time. Put all aside. Lord, here we are. Can you be on your feet, please? You know what I mean? Take my love. Can be quiet help me? Let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Just lift up your hands. Let's sing it again. Say that's a prayer. To my love. 
Holy Spirit, that our hearts will be fixed and focused, unmovable, unshakable, firmly grounded on Jesus. Father, I pray for each soul in front and those in the congregation, all of us. Father, we acknowledge that there is more we can do. We ask for a restored love relationship. We repent of the mistakes. You sent us and we didn't go because we're shy. You asked us to do something and we couldn't do it because we're holding on to something. It has affected various aspects of our lives. Our giving, giving of our substances, our offerings, even our time and services. Tonight, we surrender. Tonight, we surrender Jesus. We have come back home. Thank you, Father. That your love is shared abroad in our hearts once again. favor as we go a renewed love relationship with Jesus Holy Spirit touch hearts hearts that have been hardened in the past we pray Father that they will be melted a heart of stone taken away and a heart of flesh put inside. Have your own place, Spirit God, in our life, mortal. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Those who have ceased hearing from God because of consistent, persistent disobedience, that relationship is being restored in the name of Jesus. And that's what the Spirit of the Lord says. You begin to hear His voice one more time. You begin to hear his voice one more time. Visions will be restored. Dreams will be restored. Whatever we might have lost. When we put other things in place of God. Or we shared our hearts with him. May there be a restoration in the name of Jesus. Father we bless you. You loved us first. Not that we loved you. But you loved us. 
in our own small way with the help of the Holy Spirit, we reciprocate. It's a love relationship that will abide and abound until you return. Give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Put your hands together. You may go back to your seat. I want to pray for you. Just lift up your hands. I don't know this song, but help. Tonight is the first night of our preparation towards the communion. A truthful heart towards the Lord. We have started with the Holy Spirit speaking to us about having a heart for you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the call to come back home. A call to be reconciled unto you in that area of our lives and relationship with you. Father, remember us. Remember us. In Jesus' mighty name. And all said a big amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.